everything that you get, you're getting from him anyway. And so as we're coming into this type of teaching, the first thing we do is we position ourselves. So we usually do that with praise and worship music, but it's not the only way you do it. Because when you're worshiping the Lord, you're putting your thoughts above. You're putting your thoughts on him. Right. And you're forgetting everything else that's beneath. So when I talk about an activation, what that means is it's taking all of this that's going on here, because you get wound up, you know, you're all wound up, like even me, all wound up because I'm trying to get everything done, right? So it's a time where you, you go low, you get your, what we call our soul, we bring it down into um, a peaceful place under our spirit, which is who we are. We are our spirit. So this is how we do it. So let's, let's uh, close your eyes. And just, this is very simple, and just say this. And, and what we're doing is we're becoming aware of the presence of God in us and all around us. And so just say this after me. Say, I am in him. I am in him. And he is in me. And he is in me. So the point is awareness of the presence of God. Wow, Dad. <laughs> so. <clears throat> I shouldn't do that. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so the soul is very busy, and it's a good worker. You know, so soul, you're, you're a good worker. You do a good job. You're making sure that everything's taken care of in my life because that's your job. But now you can be quiet. You're a good servant, but a terrible master. Come into subjection to the spirit. And just speak shalom right now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, <clears throat> was that the end? That's it. Okay. I mean, just stay. Um, what we're talking about tonight is something that's actually mystical. And um, we understand, like, does everybody know? They all know about spirit, soul, and body. Everybody, does everybody know? You know like Kenneth Hagen and all that, you already know about that. Um, it's what you're, it's like Damon said, it's what you're focusing on. So you can take your spirit and focus on this realm because it needs to be focused on at times. You have to fix things, you have to do stuff, right? Um, if you only live in this realm and no other realm, at some place you get agitated, you get upset, uh, people burn out because the answers that we need are not always here. If I, if I just need to put a nail in a, in a wall, that's one thing. But some of the problems we have to solve are bigger than that. So what... God designed us to be in both realms, in this realm and in the heavenly realm. So, it, but it's where your spirit is focusing. If your spirit is focusing in here, you're going to see all kinds of stuff in this realm. If, you, if your spirit is focusing in the heavenly realm, you'll see the heavenly things. But we have to have both. Our brand of Christianity beforehand was just this realm. So, because we're doing the nature of dreams... <laughs> I would like to ask Yahweh and the seven spirits to be here, okay? So, 
Papa, we love you. We thank you that we can call you Papa. We adore you. Every, everything that you are, you just thrill us up. And we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you especially for the way you love us. And right now, we invite the spirit of Yahweh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh to be here, to open up the eyes of our heart that we can understand you in the greater ways that you want us to. And we just thank you for that. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we will not hinder you. You are free to perform all the works of God that God desires to be performed tonight. And we thank you in that holy name of Yeshua. Amen. <clears throat> so we have three different titles for the different nights because um, dreams are not just only about interpretation. So what, what we're doing is we're laying a foundation for why we can interpret dreams and whether or not dreams are actually significant. Um, technical <laughs> it's just us so you know it's just us we're all good <laughs> so the interesting thing is that everybody wants to know I don't mean every single solitary person but the way English is a lot of people want to know about dreams they want to know do they mean anything if you were to go to a professional and we're going to give you some counsel and in the process of that counseling you said <clears throat> I had a dream last night would you like me to tell you and they would say yes and they would tell them the dream and then the professional would say so um, what do you think it means or they, they would probably ask at first well what do you think it means and then he would say back well what do you think it means and then the person would say it what they think and he'd, and he'd say um, yeah I, I think you're right but let's get back to what we were talking about because everybody wants to know because there's something about dreams that we that we have this these aren't just memories or thoughts this is not a psychological process that's going on in my mind and then some people say they don't dream but what we're going to discover is that everybody dreams they're just not aware of it according to Job okay um, I've heard the number of times I've heard Dreams being attributed to I ate too much pizza, I'd probably be wealthy today. <laughs> right? Because they don't really know. So what we want to do is we want to just take a look at what um, the Word of God says about it. The book of Job, this is from the book of Job. You probably didn't read to the end, but oh, it's a little blurry. But at the end out there it says Job. <clears throat> um, Job is considered by, by most Bible scholars to be the oldest written book. Uh, it's there are, there are other books that you know are there but um this is probably one of the oldest books in, in that in that section okay because we have other books that we didn't know about before so i'm just going to quote him for elohim speaks in one way yes in two though man perceives it not in a dream in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men in slumberings upon the bed then he opens then he opens the ears of men and by their chastisement seals the decree that men may put away their purpose and that he may hide pride from man, that he may keep his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. So what we see here is <clears throat> Job's friends did not help him at all. 
they just tried to tell him that God was judging him. <laughs> and so this is Job's response. If I was doing anything wrong, God would have told me already. <laughs> okay, that's his response. But you can see the purposes that are going on uh, described in this, that um, he's talking to everybody. He's teaching, so he's talking about teaching. He's talking about um, making you aware that if you, if you stay on this path, that's going to happen. You know, all of these things are, are part, part and parcel of dreams. So to understand that, what we want to do is we want to go back to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2. And um, we want to understand the nature of dreams. Um, why is it that everybody dreams, etc., etc.? Okay, so we're just going to do a couple of couple of verses here, and um, I, I think it'll make it. Sorry, I touched something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Yahweh Elohim caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs. A lot of uh, Hebrew scholars believe it was a side, not just a rib, uh, but you still get the idea because. To get a rib, you have to get a side, right? Um, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh instead thereof. And the rib which Yahweh Elohim had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Okay, so let's take a look at verse 21 again. So Yahweh Elohim caused a deep sleep to fall. So when you fall, who's not in control? You. Who's in control? The one that made you fall. Gravity could be controlling you. But in this case, it's Papa. He's describing a mystical trance. Out of this mystical trance, he made the woman to be with him. The entire human race is programmed by Yahweh to be mystical. We have to be in both realms. We're not just mystical yet. We have to be in both because he wants, there's a whole stuff. We, we're not doing that tonight, but it's a whole bunch of stuff. So we have to be in both realms and we're helping him in this realm. But the whole human race is designed by God to be mystical. Okay. Hello. <laughs> so before we knew anything, there was things like you hear people say, follow your gut. Um, they had this sense I had a dream, but I, it's, it's important. You know, um, so, some friends of ours, uh, they wanted to set up a, a dream lab in, a, in a, um, uh, a mall. So they had to go to the person that was in charge of the mall. And when the person that was in charge of the mall found out they were a Christian, they didn't want us to do it. So, um, so spent a little time talking to her. And she said, how about this? I've had a dream since I was five. No one's been able to interpret it. Tell me what it means. So, told her what it means. She cried so hard she fell out of her chair. She was sobbing because it was true. She goes, okay, uh, but you know, you can be here, but you're gonna be the last people at night. <laughs> but, but she still let us go, okay, so. Um, uh, um, I wasn't with him. It was people that I know. But um, so we, ha we have these phrases, follow your gut. I have this sense about a dream. Um, it's funny that you called because I was just thinking about you. We have all these kinds of things 
that, that we weren't aware of that we're in a mystical realm right now because we are designed by God. But for it to be the way he wants it, we have to be intertwined with him because we understand that um, there is a demonic realm. And um, those evil spirits are the spirits, according to um, Enoch, they're the evil spirits that were the, the product of angels and men uh, producing uh, offspring, quote-unquote, here on the earth. And uh, when their bodies died, he left their spirits here. So that's why there's so many of them, okay? And they're evil. If you, if you get to read Enoch, you can see how evil they were. Those guys were evil, okay? So um, in this, we're designed by God to be in this realm, to be in a mystical realm, and dreams are in that realm. So are visions and, of course, you know, um, those other things as well. So the whole human race is, and depending on who's in charge and what religion they want you to believe in, they might say, oh, dreams don't mean anything. It's only what I tell you that means anything, you know. But he's talking to everybody. Now, Job told us that a person can have a dream and they don't know that he's talking to them. So what we've taught people to do, if, if you want to really start to understand dreams and, and get that aspect that God wants us to have, write down the dreams that you remember. So when you wake up in the morning or in the middle of the night, doesn't matter, write them down. And as you're writing them down, because what we discovered when we first started doing this, it seems like dreams were written in disappearing ink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you get to, then by the time you get halfway through, because you've had all this time to think about it, and by then it's gone. So you just write it down. When you start writing it down, you remember more, and you're more aware that you're dreaming. And then what you realize, that he's not just giving you advice for one day. He might be giving you, he may be teaching you for a whole week on the same subject, or he may be showing you this, so that when you develop into this, he can show you this, and he can show you this. And then you look back over the last few months at your dreams, and you can see where God brought you from here to here because you wrote it down and it didn't disappear <laughs> with the disappearing of dreams okay so um he he has other things in mind you know beautiful things for us um you know like we were talking about earlier now i don't have it on here it didn't turn out apparently i don't have the uh the thing anymore what I, what i have is it was it's the ancient hebrew <laughs> It doesn't say M M W M L X in ancient Hebrew, just so you know. But um, so I'm not teaching you ancient Hebrew, but I wanted you to get the feeling. There's a feeling that words have, right? You, you understand that. There, there's feel. If a, a person says a certain word, you have a feeling associated with it. Okay. Now the ancient Hebrew was a picture language. So. It was amazing. And the word for dream in ancient Hebrew is chalom. Um, and it's a picture of a wall. The first letter is a the first letter is a wall. <laughs> the second letter is a staff. The third letter is water. And the fourth letter is a tent peg. So when they looked at that, they said chalom. But it's four different pictures. Okay, so what do they see first? They see a wall, okay? The wall represents a division or a separation, something that's beyond, there's, there's a divider here, and there's something on the other side of this divider. 
okay? Then they see a staff, okay? The staff represents authority, and because it's on the other side of this wall, it's gonna bring something through this wall. It has authority to bring something through this wall to you, okay? Water represents, you know, in, the, in ancient uh, Hebrew, mysteries of the spirit. So the first three parts are, you have a wall, a separation, okay? So, and, but it's something that's beyond where, where you are right now. There's authority that's gonna be bringing something to you, and it's gonna be a mystery of the spirit. And the, the, then the last one is a tent peg, it's joined together, okay? So when they're looking at that, they're not seeing letters. They're seeing what dreams do. They're bringing the mysteries of God to a human being. Every time they look at it, that's what they see. Okay? So, you know, we have the English D-R-E-A-M, you know, so it's not the same. Um, I thought it would be cool to show you, but apparently my... I have it. You have it? Yeah, sure. Take one second. My iPad erased it. <laughs> Okay. I think. So just so it's clear, I'm not teaching anybody ancient Hebrew stuff like that. I just thought it would be cool mm -hmm. to show you the letters. <laughs> okay. Match mark. That's what happened to yours too. That's that's the uh, that's the modern that's the modern Hebrew. Chalom. There you have it. Modern Hebrew. But the, uh, the, the other, the ancient Hebrew, it's a wall. Uh, it's a staff. It's, it, it's kind of an upside-down staff, but it's a staff. And then it, there's these little squiggly lines that are, that are clearly our water. And then there's the tent peg, um, which is kind of like a... It's like a U with a stick coming out the top. It's like that. So when they look at that and they pronounce it chalom, it's actually a picture of a mystery being brought to them. So um, understanding that, uh, dreams did not just start here. Ta-da and ta-da. Ah, whoo. <laughs> um, so... He's talking to everybody on the whole planet. He doesn't care about your religion. He doesn't care about your, your mental state, your spiritual state. He's, he's just talking to everybody every single night, whether they know it or not. Now, right now, we, we have, well, she's passed now. <clears throat> but we, we had a woman that did a lot of work in the Middle East, and she was able to find out things that no one else knows. And um, so she was sharing with us that, um, so that, I don't know how many years ago it was, probably three years now maybe, um, at that time, she said, what most people don't know is that there's two million Christians in Iran. And we found out that a lot of them met Jesus in dreams. And they gave their heart to Jesus in dreams because they believe in dreams. They don't have someone telling them that dreams are nothing. And we can see through the scripture that dreams are everything. The, the, the kings, the kings back then, they had dreams. There's something significant about this. I need to find out what it is. And they, they had like layers of protection, like they had the guys that, that killed the animal and interpreted the guts on the ground, you know, whatever. Um, they had people that looked at the heavens. They had people that interpreted dreams because if, if they're going to go to war, they want to be sure that everything's covered, right? But they included dreams. 
and um, well, we're going to look at some of that later. But um, so that's just something that's been here for the whole human race, and um, it's been downplayed, but it but it's part of it's part of who we are. It's it's part of who we are as human beings. Um, that he talks to us every single night. If you think you're separated from God, you're not. <laughs> he doesn't. You know, I, I love how Paul does it. The Apostle Paul. He goes. Um, he said, "So, uh, so God's up." So God's reconciled to you. Now, you know the difference between reconciliation and forgiveness, right? Forgiveness just takes one. You just forgive them. Reconciliation takes two, right? So he, the Apostle Paul told us to tell everybody, God's not mad at you, and he's not holding your sin against you. God's reconciled to you. But please be reconciled to him. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So I love how he does that. Yes. Yeah, so that, that kind of puts everything together. But even when we separated, he's, you know, we know that in his mind, we're not, in, in his heart, we're not separated. In our minds, the Bible talks about we were separated in our minds. We thought he was mad at us or we were distant or we're not good enough or what, there's a whole, we could spend the rest of the night making a whole list of reasons why we thought we couldn't be close to God. But in spite of all that, even before Yeshua came, talking to the whole human race in dreams because he's the one he's the creator you've probably heard this before but at the moment of conception that exact second that exact time there's a bright flash of white light and they've caught and they've photographed it that's what papa gave us our life according to <laughs> i love him so <sighs> okay we're good now <laughs> yeah, I just really love him. Um, according to the book of Ephesians, we were with him before the foundation of the earth. <laughs> and so we, we kind of think like, hey, Bruce, you want, to be, you want to be born then? Yeah, sure, anything, Papa. You know, so here we are. You know, we're <laughs> right? So he was with us. He, we have, if, if you've been in that realm, there's destiny scrolls. You can read your own. Um, I've, I've read Gabe's, I've read other people's, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we all have a destiny scroll that was written about us beforehand. We have a scroll right now about what we're doing. You watch the angels to take the scrolls out. The, the sense of, I don't know if awe is the right word, but the, the huge amount of respect when they reach up to grab a book, grab a scroll, bring it out and show it to somebody. It's like, woo-wee, you know? So, um, but we agreed. We said we'll be born now. So we're born, and um, he, of course, doesn't view it like we do, because he just loves us. And once that first act of reconciliation, when you, when you allowed Yeshua, you know, because the scripture says that inside of Yeshua was Yahweh, and Yahweh bore our sins. If you do this, you've probably read stuff about crucifixion. If you take your pinky and your thumb and you put them together, and you look and you see a channel, that part of the channel that's next to your thumb, that's where the nails went in. Okay? They didn't die from suffocation. They didn't die from whatever. They died because they were tortured beyond belief. They died of shock on, on there. Okay? Now, he took me back in time. <laughs> I don't know if I should share this. He took me back in time. And Yeshua laid his hands down willingly. And the Roman guards 
enjoyed torturing people. They didn't do it because they had to. They enjoyed it. And they, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were eyewitnesses of what happened. And what, what some people reported happened is not what happened because the eye, they're hiding what happened. Why Eyewitnesses tell us the amount of torture that he went through. The prayer that he prayed in the garden, when you, when you are in such stress that the capillaries beneath your skin bust and they have, that blood has no place to go, it comes out the sweat glands, that feeling is like being slapped all over your body at the same time. That was enough to kill him. But he has to stay alive. Because he's going to take all of our sin that we've ever done and ever will do into him. And he stays alive for us. And they tortured him. They ripped his back into shreds. Because that's what they did. In fact, the word crucifixion at that time was worse than the F-bomb. It had a visceral response. And they didn't say crucify. They didn't even say cross. Because the Romans did it everywhere by the thousands. And you could walk down the streets, and all of a sudden, there's 20 guys right there. They're twisted around. They're not just doing this. They're twisted around the cross on all kinds of stuff, right? So he's been tortured because that's how we feel when we sin. We feel tortured. So he's been tortured. He took it, okay? When that nail went in, the head of it was like this. It was, it was big. It easily went through the skin. And the second it hit the wood, I felt all the sin in my body go into him. Because inside of Yeshua was Yahweh. And the scripture says Yahweh bore our sin. He took all of our sin, the sin of every human being, past, present, and future. So when we get to, to Peter, we're not, we're not surprised. Because Peter describes that Yeshua, when he went down into Sheol, he took all those people from the time of Noah, Ha, 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 we don't believe in you. Ha, 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 we don't care what you say. He took all of those people and all their sin they committed and brought them up to heaven. Past, present, and future. All of us. Every single thing we've ever done or ever will do that's sinful or harmful to anybody else, he took it all and he bore it. So I don't have to bear it anymore. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to feel guilt-ridden. I don't have to feel inadequate or all, all that stuff. He took it all. Okay, so when we're talking about dreams and things of, of that nature, God's nature as a spirit, he made us in the same way that he made, that he is, because he's a spirit, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, okay? So we're going to summarize that. I got off a little there. I love him. I love talking about him. Okay, so this is the summary of, put your finger over the WMLX, because that's ancient Hebrew words that... I somehow lost that font on this. <laughs> the mystery on the other side of the wall is being brought to you from the outside in, not the inside out. So God's bringing you something into yourself. You're, you're not dreaming about something. He's bringing a message to you. As it passes in front of you, you perceive a mystery in the spiritual realm. That, myst that mystery could be the past, could be the future, could be teaching, could even be healing. It could be the mind of God. It could be his decrees. It could even be his hidden knowledge, the secrets, and more. The mystery occurs at night, separate from slumbering. It happens when deep sleep falls on you. It's a trance state. Okay? Um, we'll cover some more of this in the other. Um. So what I thought I would do is I'd give you an example some examples of when Yahweh caused a deep sleep to fall. 
<laughs> okay. Did anyone have any questions? Questions any, so far? Any comments? comments anything? Questions? Kind of cool. Yeah. It's amazing, actually. Yeah. It's cool, amazing. There's not really a word. Yeah, you can. yeah. You know, it's like you, you hear it so many times in your life. And the way you just described it, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Papa. Thank you. Yeah. So, he's active. He doesn't care about your religion. He doesn't care about your religion. He doesn't care about your... If you understand what I mean by care, of course, every time you sin, it hurts you. You know, you, you, can, you could maybe drink a little and try to act like it doesn't bother you. But every time you sin, it hurts you, right? So when I say he doesn't care, I don't mean that. I mean, to him, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you're just not righteous enough for me to talk to you. You know, I'll give you about six months. You know, we used to have this idea we're kind of like on probationary salvation. <laughs> What, what I've learned, one of the things I really love about him, he loves to teach. And I can't even tell you how thrill it, thrilling it is to me to know I get to be taught for eternity. It's like beyond. It's like when, when, when I first saw Jesus and, I, and he was building that with me, and you know, you've got the, the Chaim, the, the angels, four angels around the throne, the ones that have the wings that do this and all that. Okay. And when Jesse Duplantis went there, of course, Brother Hagen loved to go there, too. But when Jesse Duplantis was there, it, they keep saying holy. So he, he said to Papa, he said, how come, they keep, how come they keep saying holy? Well, yes, Yeshua, how come they keep saying holy? He said every time they say, they say holy, they see something else that's beautiful about God. And I thought, I want to live there. <laughs> I want to know that much about it. You know, it's like that. Of course, I, I'm, I'm not that. And I'll, I'll, and I'll throw this in because this is also cool, cool. Remember when Jesus was tempted uh, in the wilderness and it says he was with the wild beasts? The New, the, the New Testament and actually um, Tanakh, the whole Bible is actually originally written in Aramaic. And then when God gave to Abraham the language of creation, they took it out of Aramaic and put it into that, that language which is now called Hebrew. Okay, Now, um, I'm rejoicing inside and I gotta get back, okay? So, um, so he's, he's being tempted. And so they, they said wild beasts because the, the, the translator didn't know what wild beasts meant. But in Hebrew, it's the word chayim. While Yeshua is being tempted by Satan, the four angels that are around the throne of God are around him. Do you see what's available to us about temptation? You're not stuck being tempted by yourself to see how strong your will is. He's given us the pattern, the knowledge of God all around you, surrounding you. You can overcome any temptation. Mm hmm Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we see that Yahweh caused a deep sleep to, to fall upon Adam, and he slept, put him in a trance so he could create Eve from Adam's side. Okay, Abram was another one. A deep sleep fell upon Abram. Okay, you remember that, Abraham, when he was chasing away the... Pepper animal. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that 
He was put in a trance so he could see and hear Yahweh. Okay? David, he had that frequently. He, he's the God, man. Um, deep sleep from Yahweh had fallen on them. The whole army was put in a trance to protect David. He walks out. They're all, they're all, they're all knocked out under the power of God. That's how we used to call it, right? They're knocked out under the power of God. David just do, 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 go, you know, goes and lets let Saul know if, if I wanted to, I could have killed you, you know, <laughs> right? Um, there, there are times like when when uh, Yeshua was crossing um, the Sea of Galilee, he was put into a trance. Okay, he went to a trance. He could go into a trance, you know, and, um, obviously, because yeah. Yahweh's inside of him. So, yeah. hey, let, me, let me just, since I said that, let's, let's make this clear. There's Yeshua, who's the man, and inside of Yeshua is Yahweh. That verse that says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear that the person that translated didn't know what it said. What it says is, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear that Yeshua Hamashiach is Yahweh. Okay? Inside of the man was Papa, was, was Yahweh. Okay? Now, Yahweh and the man's spirits did not merge. He was still a man. But inside of that man was Yahweh. We're all humans. Inside of us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I think one of the as you think about this more and more, it, it'll, it'll probably help because it helped me. The Holy Spirit is not like the Holy Ghost, like the, the ghost of a departed loved one. <laughs> when you look up Holy Spirit, all the times it talks about Holy Spirit, and you'll see that the Holy Spirit is sent to perform the works of God among men. The Holy Spirit is active, not passive. And he loves us so much that he took that part of who he is and put inside of us the being that creates all, all of the things that God wants us to have. Not, not just a, something out there. <laughs> okay? So, um, so, Yeshua, so he fell asleep um, in the boat. And um, he fell asleep. We're going to talk about this later, but when you're in a when you're in a um, when you're in a deep sleep, the REM stage, that's mystical. Uh, the body, you, your brain is in an alpha state. It's a mystical state. the 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 part the part the time that you're in a, a dreaming state, um, it's mystical. Okay, so so the disciples woke woke him up. <laughs> you know, water's coming in the boat. We know he's not. We know he's not sleeping, sleeping. Because if he was sleeping, and the boat's going, wow, water splashing in, filling up the boat, he's going to get up, right? He's not sleeping. He's in a trance. Okay, we would say knocked out. Have you ever been to Rodney's meetings? You know, knocked out under the power. He's there, right? Because he's a man, right? And then while he's in that state, the disciples shake him out. He can, it's almost like an inference when he talks to him. He said, uh, where's your faith? You know, like, what are you doing waking me up? Can you see, I'm in a trance here. If he was a New Yorker, that's what he'd say, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm in a trance and you're waking me up. Where's your faith? You know, where, you know, I also discovered that faith 
trust and belief in Hebrew and Aramaic are the same word. It's just whatever they wanted to pick. Now, right now, I'm doing trust because, well, I won't cover that. Okay, so, um, <laughs> okay, so now we'll talk about, we're not going to talk about how to interpret, but we're going to talk about why, when you read through the scriptures and you see dreams being interpreted, why they're interpreted that way, okay? So, um, when we have dreams, um, sometimes the dreams are very specific and they don't need to be interpreted. Um, Mary and Joseph, you know, they had, he had a dream. The angel said, go to Egypt. Herod wants to kill, kill, the, you know, kill your boy. So they go to Egypt. There, was no, there were no symbols there. Now we're going to discover later that the reason that there's symbols in dreams because it's it's the mysteries of God. It's the highest knowledge that God gives to people. That's why there's symbols in it. We're going to talk about that later, okay? I don't know what night because I don't remember what I'm doing tomorrow night. But, um, so, Elohim told Abimelech he was going to die, and he died. There was no interpret. There was no symbols there. He just told him, okay? Um, so, most often, dreams do need to be interpreted because they're symbols, Okay? Pharaoh's dream about the seven cows, right? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream about the, the image that, you know, I think we're living in that, where the stone hit the bottom and he's trashing the whole thing, right? I think we're living there. But anyway, um, so they, they have to be interpreted. So what, what we want to understand is this. Um, there's two different words that are used uh, for interpreting a dream. Um, first one we're going to talk about is um, the word pathar. Now, I'm just going to describe it and not show a picture. <laughs> it, because ancient, um, ancient Hebrew was a picture language. Okay, So, what you have is uh, the word pathar in ancient Hebrew, um, the first letter is a mouth. Okay, So, it's the opening of something. Then there's a cross, before there was, you know, the crucifixion cross. There's a cross, which is a symbolic marker in ancient Hebrew. And then there's a head, which is the beginning or the head of something as in, le as in leadership, okay? So what he's talking about, this word, is opening up the symbols of the dream. You dreamed this, this symbol represents this. You dreamed that, this symbol represents that. That's part of interpreting dreams. Now, I could prophesy to you your dream. But he doesn't want us to. He wants you to know how to interpret yourself. Because it's the same spirit, right? I was, talking, I was talking to my wife one day, and I was having a hard time. I said, can I just prophesy this to you? <laughs> I'll just prophesy what your dream is. Can I just do that? No, I know I can't do that, right? So, so the, the first thing is you're going to open up the symbols of the dream. Okay? Now, some people think that dreams only have to do with symbols. So, you know, we strongly do discourage everybody don't go on the internet and look up dream symbols <laughs> because there's a good chance the witches want to want you to you know whatever so um and then the second word is the word pashar it's the same kind of thing it's a mouth it's the opening of something and now the next letter is head it's the beginning or the head of something as in leadership and then teeth 
Now, if you've been around long enough um, where you've had dreams interpreted and you ask about teeth, because you're chewing something, you're going to digest, you're going to chew it, okay? It has to do with understanding, okay? So what we see is these two aspects of dream interpretation. The first one is opening up the symbols, and then based on those symbols, we open up the understanding of the dream. That's why we always go over the symbols. You know, before I, before I got this, I had some, I had some, this is, okay. See how big my fingers are on that? I type, all those words have to be fixed. <laughs> all those, you know, so I'm spending three hours because I have to, we have to do both. You have to see the symbols, what they represent, and then based on that, now you can see what the understanding is and what he's, what he's talking to you about. Okay? So, um, so, any questions, class? <laughs> okay. Covering a lot. Okay. So, um, getting to the end here. So, there's, I'm going to read the same thing three times, but maybe I'll just do this one. Okay, so we're just going to quote. Uh, Daniel spoke and said, blessed be the name of Elah. Now, um, I read eight, you know, from Aramaic into English. Okay. What we read is Aramaic into Greek, into Latin, into Old English, into Ancient English, into Modern English, into Ultramodern English. And see how far removed it is from the beginning? So what I read is I read, these guys know Aramaic, <laughs> and they know English, and I'm not doing any Greek or any Latin or any whatever. This word means this. And what I discovered is that a lot of the things are... Um, do you remember in the, at the time of the crucifixion, these words occur and being interpreted means... Do you remember that or no? You can look mm -hmm. it up. It's because the, the translator didn't know what that Aramaic word meant. God didn't say that. The Aramaic, the Aramaic trans, the guy that was translating it from Aramaic into English, into, uh, into Greek, word. he didn't know what the Aramaic word yeah. meant, so he just put his own, which being interpreted means he just, he didn't know what to say. And when you, as you read that, you begin to realize that some of the copies, they, they okay. So, I said all that to say why it says Elah instead of Elohim. <laughs> because in Aramaic it's Elah. And depends on how it's translated. It's also translated as aloha. Yeah. And it makes you wonder. Yeah. Because, see, there's a, there's a prophecy in Jeremiah 44. He said, you have, put the, the, you have put the names of all of those gods that you've committed adultery with on your lips so much, I'm going to take my name from your lips. And from that time till now, they won't pronounce it. Now, Elah, <laughs> okay, Elah, that's his name, okay? So, okay, so that's his name in, in uh, Aramaic. So, um, but before that happened, they greeted each other with his name. So, you know, I'd walk in the door, I'd say, Yahweh, and you'd say, Yahweh, back to me. That's what they did, okay? So it makes you wonder about Hawaii. Yeah. I don't have any proof of this. It just makes me wonder. That's all. Yeah. Well, they find Hebrew writing and stuff in other places. Yeah, they do, all over. for sure. Because Solomon sent them out and told them yeah. to go find stuff. Yeah. So 
a, a lot of a lot of uh, rabbis think it's from that. Okay, so um, Daniel spoke and said, "Blessed be the name of Elah, from everlasting, everlasting wisdom and might are His." And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O Elah of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and have now made known unto me what we desired of you. We have, we have made known unto us the king's matter. He is attributing all the credit, not to his brain, but to the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's attributing the interpretation to God. So, because that's true, we can do it again. Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face. Now check this out. Um, Daniel gets done interpreting the dream. <laughs> the king was... He said, look, I'm killing all, all you dream interpreters. You guys don't even know what you're talking about because you can't tell me what dream I had. How am I supposed to believe that you... That, if you can't tell me what dream I had, how am I supposed to believe that you're giving me the right interpretation? I'm killing a lot of you. When, when Daniel finds out, he goes, what? <laughs> so he runs over to the... He runs over and says, I'll tell you what it is. In fact, I'm going to tell you what your dream is first. And he's like, so he gets done with the whole thing, and this is what he says. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to use how we say it. He fell on his face and worshipped Daniel. Why did he do that? There was a spirit. There was a feeling that was coming off of Daniel that wasn't like a man trying to figure something out. He could feel the presence of God in every word that Daniel spoke. So he falls down. Okay, he must be a god because I feel something here. <laughs> right? So... Um, he worshiped David, and then he commands that they should offer an offering and sweet odors unto him. Now, he's, he's not going to say, don't do that, because the, the king will just kill him, right? He's, he's, he's going to have a job. He's, he's, he's got some stuff that God wants him to do in that, in that kingdom, right? So he's not going to say, oh, don't do that. He's just going to just not, you know, you're not worshiping me. I know you're not, okay? So the king spoke unto Daniel and said, of a truth, it is. Your Elah, your Elohim, is the Elohim of Elohim, and the master of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing you have been able to reveal this secret. Okay? So here again, we can see that dreams have to do with secrets. And we're going to study what, what, it, what the Bible means by secrets. Um, but there was a feeling that he had, and Daniel ascribes it to Papa. Well, we, we affectionately call him Papa, because we, we can call him that, because... We feel loved by him, right? Uh, and then we also have Joseph. He answered Pharaoh and says, it's apart from me. Elohim will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a, a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of Elohim is? See, when Joseph is interpreting it, they can feel something. They're not listening to him using his brain to figure out something. When he talks, the spirit of Yahweh is speaking through him, and they can feel that. And so he's, he's like, whoa. So much so that he turned control of his country over. And he said, I'm just going to be, in our modern language, I'll just be the figurehead. You do everything else. <laughs> right. Right? Okay. So the most important aspect um, of dream interpretation is that to Yahweh belongs the interpretation. So because of what's happened with Yeshua and us and the elevation that he's brought to us in our lives, dreams can be interpreted 
very accurately and smoothly um, because the, the spirit of Yahweh is in us. So we're not just going to like guess and stuff like that. What, what's involved is how, this is how we used to say it, we feel after God. We can say that and you could understand what I mean by that. But you're spending time for Yahweh to speak it. So we, so that's why you know, like if, if any of you here, I've been interpreted your your dreams. I also, I, I told you what this symbol meant, and then I told you what it meant in, in the context of the dream, because that's how it's interpreted. Because Yahweh's the one that gave you the dream. You did it didn't come from you. It came from Him. Now, what about um, what about nightmares, Bruce? Well, we just found out from Job. The Yahweh gives dreams. Satan doesn't give us dreams. He's terrified of you. Are you kidding? The evil spirits. If, if there if there was an evil spirit and you just did this, he would just back off. Because Yeshua activated them when he was on the cross. They can't do anything. You you have to give him permission, or you run after him. Because that's what Paul said. He said, "Leave so and so, leave so and so alone. He's running after Satan." You have to run after them. They can't touch you, right? Now, they might like to talk to you, but if you guys have studied Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, see the difference between soul and spirit, when you realize that, then you realize that I am not my thoughts. I am a spirit. My thoughts are not me. It's my soul. And who's influencing my soul? Me? Papa or evil spirits. So if an evil spirit's talking to my soul and I know it's not me, I can just ignore him because he can't do anything. Process that, but you'll see how beautiful it is. He doesn't have any power. Jesus took it away from him. The only, the only, way, the only way he can actually do something is you have to either go after him or agree with him and start because he wants you to say his words. Because right. if you say his words, he knows he right. got through to you. Right. So you don't have to. If, if, if you're, now, if you're not developed to that place, please talk to me and don't say, Bruce said this or whatever. But if you understand the difference between you being a spirit and having a soul and living in a body, if you understand that, then you realize that thought that's in, that I'm thinking is not me. I'm not my thoughts anyway. That's my soul. Okay, and where did that thought come from? I would never think a thought like that. It ain't me, baby. I can just totally ignore it. Any questions? <laughs> it's like one. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. That's what we just ignore it, right? You know, like you go into a mall, you got all that noise. You don't have to pay attention to all the voices, in the, right? You just ignore it, right? I don't even. Go, we don't go to malls anymore, anyway. But whatever. I was trying to think of something that we might have all had in common with. You know, you go to a place that's really got a lot of stuff, but. Um, yeah. You can just totally ignore it because that's what Yeshua did for us. Before that, not so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so much before that. Uh, yeah, but uh, he's he's been inactivated. One of my I can end with this because this is the last the last slide. I can end with this. There was a, a. We have a rich history. The church has a rich history of these beautiful men and women. Um, you know, like. Uh, Madame Guillon, when I first started reading her, I just think, you know, she was carried along by the Spirit, and he told her to write. 
and she's writing so fast. She's been writing as fast as you can imagine a human can write. And she's been writing so much that her arm swells up. And, and all the other nuns are wondering where she's at. And she's just in there writing what God's asked her to write. So that Bruce could read her writings. So I could read her writings. She helped me so much. That thing about the... Uh, the torrents. That was it. The torrents set me free. That was it, baby. Yep. I, whoa. <laughs> we're, we're the ones on the mountain... We want to go to the ocean, baby. Right. We're not interested in selling goods to everybody. If, have you read it? I'm, I'm, okay. Anyway, we're not interested in that. We, we want to go to the ocean. Sometimes we go in the mud, come back up. Sometimes we hit rocks. Sometimes we don't see us. We come back up over here because we want to go to be in the ocean because all the rivers flow from the mountains to the ocean. Right. Some people come from the mountain, and it's a very thin very thin level of water and very very thin and it's only about them they they just stay in them in this very thin they might go over to somebody else but then they come back there's that group and then there's the ones that come down a little thicker they have boats and they put they put goods on their boats and they enjoy going to other places and exchanging their goods and selling each other things. And they go from that church into this church and this church into that church. And Madame Guillaume said, I, I don't know if they really even want to go to the ocean. I'm not sure because they don't even talk about the ocean. Okay? So she's doing all that. And I'm like, I can relate to that. Right? And then she goes, and then there's... Spiritual Torrance is one of uh, Jean Guyon's books. Yeah, it's a book. It's a book she wrote. It's she's a um, she's a French nun from like the 1500s, um, but she but she's a madam. She's a madam. So she she's very high up in the, in the hierarchy. Yeah, she's a contemporary of Martin Luther um, at that time, and she you know they were I think they were all part of like a Reformation time. Um, she was locked in the Tower of London. Can you man? You know, um, you know who goes in the Tower very, of London, right? You know who goes in there by her. You, you don't just do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the biggest threat to the entire empire. We're putting you up here until right. we kill you, they right? Put, they put her. In She's the a threat. nun, yeah. <laughs> and she writes books. You know, ideas are very dangerous when they're trying to control you. And uh, she was showing. She she has a book called A Short Method of Prayer, which is. Beautiful. Um, it's it's it's, beautiful, a, yeah. it's basically shows how to pray what we call a quiet prayer or a prayer of contemplation, which in the Catholic Church they actually do teach her writings. They absolutely do teach them. Um, but it's it's a very powerful um, form of praying because it's very direct. You you're you're just going in the spirit and becoming aware of God. And she wrote that book, and that's kind of how I started reading her. And then she also wrote a book called Spiritual Torrents, where she likens. Um, the moving of, you know, us, you know, as as spirits to rivers. We want to be in the ocean. And there's different kind they, of rivers. Yes, they right? all flow. They go from the mountain. They to, go from the, to the mountains river. to the yeah, ocean. To the ocean, yeah. And so she describes <laughs> the different ones, but the one that like really gets everybody is the third layer of of torrents, which is the wild one. That's <laughs> which, us. Which the only goal of a wild torrent is to get to the river. We want and to become one with the river. As quickly as possible. The ocean. To yeah. the ocean, not the river, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. To the but, ocean. But yeah. A torrent river. Some of them are very, river. you know, yeah. not, some of them are just interested in, 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 
you know, selling things back and forth. Right, right. And then there's the... And then there's the torrents. And, yeah. It's a way of explaining our relationship to God. Yeah. Right. And you the get different that. types of people there are. The torrent, like the torrents, the third layer, so you're saying, there's the ones that just want to love God and get to him as quickly as possible. We want to be salty, baby. We want to be as close and as quickly to him as possible. Yeah. Right. And, uh-huh. Yeah. So it was kind of one that people kind of connected with because they said, well, you know, I'm not the little river you know that's just doing a little here and there but i'm also not the industrial one that just wants to do more and add to kind of the system you know because it has nothing to do with being in the ocean you know but the torrents are the ones that are just almost driven they're just there's just only one thing for them (laughs) yes and um you know i always think like you know there's times in people's lives like like right now you see in um Asbury, you know, these these young people are so hungry for God that they don't want to leave worshiping God because they can sense the presence of God. Right. It's that kind of torrent that is in people. I personally believe that everybody has that in them. Right. But I feel like what ends up happening is either A, we quit, you know, right. or we just don't think it's possible. But I feel like whenever we're reminded of the Lord, yeah. that is stirred within us of what is it that I'm about? My goal is to be one with the ocean. And she's like, you don't know where the ocean starts and you start or the ocean ends yeah. and you begin. Yeah. You, yeah. It's, you're one with him. And it's this idea, you still keep your own personality, but it's to be one spirit mm. with the Lord, to be aware of him, to be in, engulfed in him, because this is where you find your true identity. And so it's just this kind of wildness. And, and what happens is, is when you have this kind of person, they don't... Nobody wants to put a boat on that river <laughs> because they don't know what's going to happen to the boat. There won't be a boat. So, so it's because it's a different way of travel. It's a spiritual travel. Yeah. It's a spiritual interaction with, with the Lord rather than a natural one. So you have your natural man, which is your soul, which is your body. You know, that's you. You're still a soul. You know, I, I always say, we used to say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. But the way I say it, this is my thing. We yeah. all have different ways of saying things. Yeah. I say, I am a soul, I am a spirit, I am a body. I'm all three. Right. Because I am all three. And what right. it does is it lets you understand that there is something you do with each one of those things that are you. Right. And your soul you put under right. your spirit. You don't let your soul just take over. When people let their soul take over, they, they have all this, like if an emotion comes, they just go with it. If a thought comes, they just go with it, you know? But when you take your soul and you bring it into subjection to your spirit, it gets quiet. And right. it needs to be quiet. But it, then you might, you know, you use this part of you, your soul, to do certain things. Right. But certain things, it's not going to get. It doesn't understand why you want to be this torrent that goes into the ocean. That doesn't make any sense to the soul. It's like, but wait, you can't stick a boat on this thing. And it's like, <laughs> this isn't made for boats. This is made for union because we have union with Christ. You know, so this is kind of the thing. And I feel like everybody has this because this is the natural state of a human spirit right. is to be one spirit with the Lord, right. not to feel separated. Because here's what ends up happening is you're like, well, I'm, I was separated from God until I accepted Jesus. Well, technically, you were not separated from God yeah. until you accepted Jesus. You thought you were separated from God until you remembered <laughs> that you were one spirit with the Lord. And then that remembrance came back. And guess what? When you see a thing, now you can experience it. But when you do this, you're not going to engage with the Lord because you're not thinking about him. And so that's what she teaches is just 
this this union with him and the spiritual torrents is just great because whenever you read it you're like that explains it <laughs> that's why i'm like i this. get that you know and and sometimes you will you'll be like okay i'm going to be one of those rivers that's useful but then you go well i kind of miss you know i miss jesus <laughs> because i've been working so hard for jesus that i forgot all about him yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and so i think that there's that that time and i think in a lot of places people are learning you know about the fact that as much effort as you put in it's not your effort right. it was jesus effort towards you so right. you can live in that rest this is why you can interpret dreams this is why you can move in the spirit because what god has done in christ in you yes is done now you can live out of your completeness in him and and it's hard for your soul to come to grips with that because your soul says well what about this and what about that and what about this and what about that and your body's like oh but your body you know your body's doing this it's not supposed to do that it's supposed to do this there's something wrong here but your spirit goes but wait you're complete in him right so you take each part which is you and you put it under the spirit this is where healing comes in you're you're creating a flow yeah. from heaven through the spirit to your soul and to your body and i didn't i always like said oh the soul because we'd say the flesh right it's the flesh and then you think it's like the flesh like your skin or something you know you're like oh my yeah. skin is terrible you know everything is bad yeah. flesh, you know and so you're, so you're upset with your soul which is which is just your soul it's your mind will and emotions but your soul is good Without your soul, you have no anchor. There's no anchor in this realm without a soul. You will have no memory of what it is you're doing, but you did do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the soul's important. God wants us to have these experiences with him to be remembered in our soul because this is an expression of love. And, and when we're hearing about dreams and visions and, and these encounters and we're writing them down and we're honoring them, now what we're doing is we're taking that anchor of the soul, we're putting it into writing, right? Which now it's in the physical world. It was in the spirit. Think about it. You had a, 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 an encounter with God through a dream, through a vision. You wrote it down, maybe on an iPad like me, or on a piece <laughs> of paper, right? And now there is a physical representation of a spiritual encounter. Yeah. Yeah. You did that as a spirit being. That's how powerful you are. You manifested a spiritual substance into the earth just by honoring a vision, a dream. Your testimony is a manifestation of the love of God on the earth. When you, when you repeat, like we were watching Mike last night, he tells his testimony, you know, Mike Lindell gives his testimony, and what's happening is it's, it's concrete. You now see something in the physical realm that's a spiritual thing that manifested, and guess what happens with your testimony? Now, all these other people are drawn into that same encounter mm -hmm. that you had with Jesus. So yeah. dreams and visions are the same thing. And what we honor, we draw to us. What we dishonor, we push away. Oh, dream. You know, they push it away by dishonoring it. When we honor a thing, when you honor something, you talk about it. Oh, we don't talk about that here. Well, you're not honoring it. Right. So, well, we don't have that here either. Well, of course you don't, you know? And, and Brother Hagen used to teach this. Um, I can't remember who it was, but he would, he would be like, um, you know, we don't have gifts of the Spirit in our church. And they'll be like, well, well do you teach on it? And they're like, no. <laughs> well, like, you, won't, you get what you teach. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so it's the same thing. This is why we teach on dreams and visions. And here's the other thing. We know, we know, because I know, we all know this. We know. People are getting dreams and visions. But, but, but when they say, well, do you honor dreams and visions? People say, no, we don't honor those. Yeah. But as we just saw, 
apparently God does because yes, he's the one that he's gave the them one to you. <laughs> so, you know, I'll take the flack, you know, yeah. I'll t- I will because I know who's got my back. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. Exactly. but yeah, so we are, we're complete in him. And, and the other thing too about dreams is don't feel like, um, like there's an urgency sometimes when you get a dream. I, I don't know if you guys have ever had like an urgency yet. I mean, I'm just, yeah. tell me if I'm off. No, keep going. You have you know on a dream and you're like I need to have this dream interpreted there's something important in this dream there probably is yeah be <laughs> you sure know? you write it down so write it write it down because dreams that I've written, okay I wrote down the dream dad get interpretation you know God has given me interpretation too you know yeah, I, I sure, get them too sure, I, sure. I've had dreams sometimes where where I'd say Lord I need the interpretation of this dream and he says and he literally says a book a chapter, a verse. And I was like, oh. So I wrote it down, and I was half asleep, and so I just fell asleep. But when I woke up in the morning, <laughs> hey, man, I got to get my sleep. I So I look it up, in the, in the, and then I read it, and I'm like, that's the interpretation. Then I talk to Dad about it, and I don't tell him I looked up the verse. And I say, what does this mean? And he starts to explain the symbols. It's the exact same thing that was in the verse. That's supernatural. Sure it is. Dreams are supernatural. They are not natural. And and anyway, Dad, you'll probably talk about this more, but yeah. God is working in each of us. He's bringing us to different places that we didn't think were possible. But it's like one of those things like you, you the Lord is telling us messages, and he's like, no, I've, I've always been there. I've always been with you. I've always been giving you these dreams. I remember dreams when I was a little kid, you know, and I didn't ever ask Dad to interpret them until later on. And, and it's the things I'm doing now. When I was little, he yeah. showed me the people yeah. that I would be with when I got older. Yep. He showed yep. me the interactions yep. I would have as an adult. I didn't know that. But here's the thing. When I woke up in the dream, I was like, wow, I don't know what that is, but that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good dream. You know, you can dream. tell it's good because, because when you're having that dream, you sense the presence of God in the dream. Yeah. You know, I had a dream just this week. And when I woke up, the thing that was bothering me was gone. The presence of God was on me. And then when I looked at the dream and the interpretation of the dream, it resolved all the questions that I had. Yeah. And I knew the interpretation of that dream. So God is speaking to us. There yes. is a lot going on. And when we start to interact with him relationally, through intimacy, through union, through fellowship with him, without effort and trying to get something. Like God, like he's an alien life form trying to get us a message. You know, you know yeah. the antenna's off. I can't hear it. Can you repeat that again? You know, and, and it's like, I can't hear you. The storm is so loud in here. You know, and, and inside is peace. Mm-hmm. That's the shalom. Yeah. We don't interact with God from the outside. We interact from the inside. Yeah. Out of your belly, out of your innermost being, flow rivers of living water. This is the spirit. So as we're Focusing on dreams, interpretation, to Yahweh belongs the interpretation. Who's in us? Christ in us. You see, so we have this in us, this interpretation, and Dad will go through more and stuff. But I just want to, you know, let just kind of emphasize that fact that everything that we have from God is complete in Him. We're not trying to go get something, but our understanding is being enlightened, but it's being enlightened by the Spirit of God, the seven spirits. You know, the spirit, the spirit of Yahweh, who is upon us, just like Jesus. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of Yahweh is upon me. He has anointed me. He has anointed us to get that. So we, you know, it's good to have teachers. It's good to have people. But what we are, we're triggers. We're triggers of your joy. 
You know, that's what we are, right? <laughs> We're triggers. We don't have, you already have it. We're just reminding you, you know? And so the spirit of the Lord is working with us. So we're going to see a lot more and dad has a lot more than this, but that's a good intro. Do you, okay, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, it's a, we're Go good. We're all good, man. It's Did just you all... want to say if anybody had a dream that they really wanted, you know, that you were like, I really would love to know like what this means. If, you, if you'll write it down and bring it, Tomorrow or, or Sunday night, or if you if, if you have if you're online and you have to text it to Jamin or myself, um, we can get it to him and he can help you know he'll write that kind of what the symbol you know what it means. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because How long have I been interpreting dreams since third grade? <laughs> when I was a little boy, he would interpret dreams all the time, and he always read my mail. So when I got older. <laughs> You know, I mean, imagine, you know, you're a kid, you're like, well, maybe I'm not going to tell Dad that, right? And, uh, <laughs> because I don't know what it means, and he does. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like that, for sure. But, um, you know, it's the Lord, and, and it's always coming from him. It's always like... He we loves do, us. Yeah, yeah, and there's so us. much, like... He loves us. There's so much, like, trying and striving within, you know, systems that we've made for ourselves. And dream interpretation is not one of those. I think that's why it's so elusive, because it's for for some because you can't earn it you can't like achieve it right. it's not a badge you get it comes out of fellowship it comes out of intimacy with god and um and you know you would be surprised i would just challenge people you'd be surprised just to ask the lord if you hadn't before i mean maybe you haven't you haven't got it yet and that's fine and maybe that's why we're here you know yeah. but if you if you ask the lord you know what does this mean and he'll tell you what it means because he's not hiding it but it's it's it like you always say, Dad. It's an invitation in. It's an invitation to go in further. You know, here's a symbol. And then I always tell people too. This is my side of it. Yeah. You know, it's easier. Like if I speak in English, you understand. If you were Spanish, you wouldn't understand me. If that's the only language you spoke, right? If I was in Italy and I'm here talking, you're gonna not know. But if I showed you a picture, you see. And and if you look, why pictures? It's universal. You can see the visions and dreams are universal language. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's all you need. And so now what we have is not from the distance, but close, you know, with the Lord, that intimacy with him and how he is bringing about these amazing discoveries about our life. And like Dad was saying at the beginning about the, the scrolls of destiny in heaven, those are linked. These, these revelations that we're getting about dreams and visions are, are associated with our destiny. They're associated with what God is doing in our lives. He's, he's showing us, he's outlining, and he's saying, look, look, I'm doing this. Hey, look at what's coming up. I, I wrote this chapter. This was a great one. I was yeah. excited about this chapter. That's what wait he's telling us. Yeah, wait yeah. till you get here. Or, or hey, you remember chapter three? You were really troubled about that, but let me show you this part. You probably didn't see. I was like standing right next to you the whole time. You're like, oh, you were standing next to me. I didn't yes, even realize that. You know, so all of this is, is our fellowship with him. As we're getting to know him, it's, it's building upon itself. It's building in levels and layers of, of the love of God and dreams are God's love language to us. So yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> anyway, any questions? Any <laughs> any thoughts? Anybody on the so, Zoom? If you like a chat, maybe a chat question. Yeah. 
this of course is one aspect but it's universal and he's not he's he you know we've probably we figured this out he showed us this you know we, the apostle paul said you know i'm going to add a little bit to bring it into our modern language do you think that you can become so holy that you're bringing Christ up from the dead to listen to you? Do you think you can become so holy that you can bring Christ down to listen to you? And some of the teaching that we had, if I could control God by how much passion I have for him, I'm controlling God, aren't I? If, God, if, if I am so determined to get an answer, and I, I've, I've heard so many, you know, things about you know you got to do this enough you got to do that enough if i can achieve that then i can control god and what he's what he the, without the name of the angel over our church is intimacy i know him personally he's taught me a lot but intimacy is what god's all about that's what he wants yeah. they that know their god shall be strong and do exploits. The word for know is the same word as Adam knew his wife Eve, and she bore a child. We're talking about, that's why the song of, song of Songs is the highest song there is. All the other, the songs of the universe, I used to pray that every day. It was like 40, took me 45 minutes to pray that. The highest song is the song that man sings. The highest song of the universe is us because of how he made us to have intimacy with the creator of things known and unknown. He treasures us so much that he shares his heart and everything that he is with us. I don't have to, I don't have to get hungry enough, thirsty enough, pray enough. If, if I could get hungry enough to move God, I just controlled him. He's not moved by me. Right. His love moves him. He just loves us right. and we just... Jump into that and we're good. We can swim around in that all day long. He just totally loves us. Yeah, but I messed up. Well, I can teach you some things about that. You know, when, when you see Jesus, because he intends for the whole, he, it's very important to him that we see him, right? So I've had some encounters with Jesus. And um, I, I did something one day that was so minor, probably before I met Jesus, I would have ignored it. But I realized it was probably, it was sin, and so I repented of it. And I know that all sin hurts him. And I couldn't take it. It was, it was so minor that if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even pay attention to it. So after a couple of days, I said, I said you know, because he doesn't force himself on us. So I said, I said, I know I've repented. And I know that you've forgiven me, but I can't get over that I hurt you. And he takes me back to the beginning of my life. And he shows me him in every day from the beginning of the day to the end of the day that he was with me. I've had some really dark times in my life, very dark, and he was with me. He gets all done because there's no time with him. So it's like, boom, and I see every single day, and he says this, there, see, I've been your best friend through your whole life. Mm -hmm. You get it? 
Yeah, your best friend is with you in your darkness. He doesn't right. turn you away, right. right? Okay, I feel good. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> you see, it, to him, it's the relationship. He cherishes that. Right. He cherishes it so much that he's talking to people, even if they say, "I don't believe in all that dream jazz." You know, I I, I just don't believe it. Well, okay. You're still getting dreams. It's not my job to convince <laughs> you. <laughs> You're still gonna dream. <laughs> <laughs> he got you there. <laughs> it doesn't stop because you don't believe in it, yeah. right? Because he loves us. He just loves the human race. He loves all of us yeah. deeply. Yeah. So um, this is, this is a, a nightly interaction, you know? It's, it's definitely a nightly interaction with him. You know, because yeah. you're, 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 well, I won't do that. Okay, so, yeah. So I guess we can, I'm pretty sure that was it. That was it. Yes, it was. Tomorrow we're gonna go to the, the next step. The next step. Yeah. It's it's three because we're. It into three this this is kind of like a, a basic intro because we're all aware of this, but we want to have the word on it. As much of it as we can, so that because dreams aren't the only way he talks to us, of course, but they are. Right. That's a universal way that whether you believe in God or some imaginary being he's the true god the creator himself is talking to you anyway yeah. <laughs> and dad has probably like i don't know 10 years worth of information to share with everyone so we did this one time but didn't we was it like one, did we do three nights or two yeah. nights? <laughs> it was two nights and it was just so much and I'm like, every time we never went through all the slides. Yeah, like both nights. Like, <laughs> you gotta go to the next slide. It was really, the first? it was so much. And so I said, let's space it out, and yeah, let's, let's do a out. little bit every night. Yes. And then, and then those books are, you know, they're your travel journal. That's called a travel journal. So it's your, it's your travels in the spirit. You know, it's your travels with Jesus. You can write notes on them, but also if you've never written dreams, I know everyone here probably has written dreams, but if you had, you can use it as a new dream journal. You know, to write down, you know, your dreams. And I write mine in uh, on an app, you know, and I have mountains of those. But, you know, another thing that's really cool, since you guys are kind of more experienced dreamers, um, you know, go back to your dreams. And you can also ask the Lord to bring you back into your dream. And he will. And I've done this a couple times where he, I go in, that I go back to my dream, you know, in the spirit, just by intention. You know, you can do things by intention. That's okay. Um, I go by intention back into the dream, and then he will show me details of the dream that I hadn't seen before, and that actually makes it even, Clearly. there's even more stuff yeah, that was yeah. in that dream that yeah. I didn't realize. I just didn't write that detail down because it's in the spirit. You, your mind remembered. Good. Good right. job. But it, but there was more there, you know, so you can always go back. So right. there's other stuff. Anyway, I don't want to get into a whole different teaching, but there's a lot of stuff, so that's why we split it up. So tomorrow night... Mm -hmm. We're thinking we're, more yeah, symbols. I stayed with him. I stayed with Dad. Did so great. Good. We would. We could go off the rails very quickly. Um, <laughs> I mean, we pick up those instruments. <laughs> so so we so we'll do um, you know the uh, the the symbols as a starter point um, because those are all those are universal too. So yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. But um, all right. Yeah, and we're gonna know why why dreams. Yeah. Why symbols in dreams. The Bible tells us why. So, um, he made you. He made you in your mother's womb. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I had a rough life. Come on.
who hasn't had a rough life? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All I'm trying to say is this. Jesus with you in your rough life. He knew that you could he knew that you'd overcome things that needed to be overcome. He knew that. Right? And because we're we're not conquering for Jesus, we're the tree that's filling the whole earth. So they try to cause a drought over here. A bunch of Christians get the highest crown there is, which is martyrdom. John the Baptist got it. Jesus gave it to him, right? He, w- he was martyred, okay? So all these, so you got all this. So these guys have the highest crown. But while they're making martyrs over here, this part of the tree is really growing. <laughs> and then these guys notice that, and they go back over here. But you can't stop the tree because we didn't plant it. He did. And now while they're focusing on this, this part's growing. I'll, I'll share with you the statistics of how many people are being saved every day right now. Not theoretical, but actual counts of how many people are being saved in this world right now on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis. And it's mind-boggling. You can't stop him. You absolutely can't. If we have this idea we have to conquer, then if anything negative comes along, it's like, I can't conquer that. No, just be a tree. <laughs> just be one of the branches of the tree because that tree overcomes everything and you're above it all anyway, you know. So anyway, I'm trying to encourage everybody that, you know, he's just, we do it. We just do it. He's He loves us and it's very important, you know. I remember the first time I read Song of Songs after I met Jesus, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you really love us. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, why is it called the Bride of Christ? Right? Roosters have a song. The grass has a song. Wheat has a song. The stars have a song. We can go through all the angels, lions have a song. It's in the scripture, what their song is. It's in the scriptures, okay? But we can go through all that, okay? Uh, it's called Perak Shira, the song of the universe, okay? But one song's missing, and that's the song of man. And then God told Solomon what it was. We're his bride. He's going to share his heart because we're going to share our hearts back. It's the highest, it's the highest song in the universe. It's the loudest, most beautiful, gorgeous song of the entire universe, the song of man. Because that level of closeness that he gives to us, we can tell it, but when you, the first time, I know for me, the first time I felt, I've always known he loves me. But then that fire, I'm addicted. (laughs) That's it. I don't know he loves me. I feel it. I feel it every day, all day long. You know, Dave says, come on, Papa. <laughs> he messes with that. me, you know. Yeah, I love him. I know, I know. He's not saying it in a derogatory sense. He's just messing with me because we love him because he loves us. That's, that's what it's all about. He loved us first. We didn't know that. And so some of the, of course, we've, you know, we're the guys, you know. Yeah. We used to believe that. That really messed us up, didn't it? That really messed us up there, too. Oh, man, that really messed us. You know, it's like that. So we got all... But Papa's like, what? (laughs) 
What, you, you think you're going to only live 70 years? Is that what you think? You're, living for, you're going to live forever. Right. Now, we had a definite beginning. It could have been before the foundation of the earth, but let's call it that. So we're not actually eternal. We're forever. Because mm. we had a beginning. Yep. Eternity, eternity means there's no beginning and no end. We had a definite beginning, but we go on forever. <laughs> forever, people. So when you, hear, when you hear eternity in the Bible, it's different than how we use it in English, because we just mean it lasts a long time. But in the Bible, eternity means no beginning and no end. So we're technically, we're forever beings, because we had a beginning. We don't end. This is just for this realm. But he asks us to come here and help everybody in this realm. So that's what we're doing with this. That's why we speak in this realm. That's why we pray in this realm. I could spend the whole day praying with you not seeing my lips move or anything. Right? Because we're connected with him. We, I don't have to speak in this realm, but we speak in this realm. Because he's filling the whole planet with his presence. Noticeably is what I mean. Not, it's already here. I don't want you to misunderstand what I mean. But he's revealing himself more and more. And that tree is filling this earth, and it's, you can't stop it. They, they've, they've done everything that humanly possible to stop it, and they can't. We can just, even the last 2,000 years, just do just only 2,000 years or whatever we're into now, right? Can't stop it. They thought they burned all the books, all the Bibles. Nope. They thought they destroyed all the synagogues in uh, Europe. You know, Hitler did. Um, the Jews were burying their synagogues. He didn't even know they existed. He was gonna wipe he was gonna wipe Judaism off the face of the planet. He thought he did. He didn't. They took the books, hid them in people's attics. All of their scrolls and stuff, put them in people's attics. He couldn't get rid of them all. You can't stop what God's planted. No one can. And they think they can. Sometimes they think they're God. And he says, Huh, not a God. <laughs> not a God. Not a God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little fake there, okay? Okay. <laughs>